Yeah, I'm here. Hello, everybody. I'm Joel Ferretcher. I'm going to be sitting in here for the mayor tonight. And then also I'm going to be joined by Steve Angelo, Superintendent of Parks and Recreation. We're going to go over a bunch of the projects that's going on in the city that he's got going on programs that he's doing, other things that he we'd want to do as a city when it comes to parks and other recreational activities. So let's bang out the COVID numbers real quick because um, I'm sure there's going to be questions later about the governor's press conference this morning with Desi. So, all right, so 177 new cases. Even though that arrow points up, the, it's green because that's a positive thing. The cases are down huge over the last few weeks, so that's a good thing. Um, it looks like they've just given up on figuring out who's recovered from COVID because there's about a 10,000-person difference on that. So 17,122 confirmed residents in Methuen have it with only 7,900 who have recovered. So obviously the math there doesn't match up. So we'll go to the next slide with the, with the good and the not so good. So as you can see this, the cases are declining, just like the trend that's going on in the whole Northeast from 1,201 at the beginning of January now to 177 this past week. So that's a great thing to see. You know, most vaccinated individuals still experience mild symptoms. It's it's not a cure all, but it does help when it comes if you do if you do contract it. So, and then there's the test kits available for per household. So, you can go online. You can order them through the federal government through a third party, and then also Methuen has a site at the Loop that they're giving them out tomorrow. Will be the last day giving those out. We'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that information later on in the broadcast, but. They were able to give them out Monday at the Loop, Tuesday at the Loop, and then they were at Man Inc. last night giving out some more today. And then tomorrow, the city has 16,000 tests, which is 8,000 kits, and those will be passed out until they're depleted. So the not-so-good is our vaccination le levels in Methuen are lower than the state level. Um, big thing about the tests is I know people tendency is to grab them you know go back two years ago with toilet paper you're just going to grab it because you're afraid they're never going to get them again so the fear is that you're just grabbing as many tests as you need you're not just stockpiling them in case you need them at some other point and then it's february vacation so i'm sure people are concerned that the numbers may spike again at the school but i don't think i don't think at this point february i don't think it makes a difference wherever you go it's the same thing so all right next chart is the breakdown it looks like you know the Men are down by about almost a thousand exactly. So it's ninety one oh six to eighty eighty sixteen. The women over the men. We got the the distribution by age, and still the under nineteens. You know, running away with that almost you know fifteen hundred more than the twenty or twenty nine. You know, so nothing really different there. All right, here's the newest cases by age. Forty seven out of the hundred and seventy seven new cases are kids nineteen and under. Um, but then if you also look at the tracker, Methuen Public Schools has their tracker on the website. And, you know, their numbers are pretty low right now, considering where they've been in the past. So um, the city comparison. So Methuen doing much better than both of those neighboring communities. Lawrence had 1456, you know, new cases. Haverhill 978 compared to Methuen 787 over you know, over the last couple of weeks. So Methuen's doing well there and still third in that race, which is like, or first, depending on how you look at it. So Methuen's lowest out of those three. So then the next chart is the positivity rate. So Methuen right now is under, looks like 12 and a, about 12.5%. 12 
So over the last 14 days. So I know statewide that's down to about 6%. So that's a great trend as well. Um, that, the next slide here is your vaccines. So right now statewide, over 91%, which is kind of shocking. 91% of the population has received their first dose and 79% are fully vaccinated, which is really impressive. I, I didn't think it would be that high. So, all right, so I think that's it for the COVID charts. Um, Linda Lambert, you know, she, you know, she uh, commented on here, went to the loop today. She was concerned about the lines, really no lines there. So that's, a, that's good. So if you need those test kits, it'll be there tomorrow from 10 to four. So here, joined with Steve Angelo. Steve, how are you doing today, buddy? Great, Joel. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, hats off, by the way. A lot of the, you know, I see you've got a lot of programs going, so we're going to touch base on those today. Absolutely. But um, first, I want to talk about Gil Ave. I know you had a presentation last night, and it's been something that's been talked about. So maybe we can go over some of that here today and let people who may have missed out last night know about the project. Sure, absolutely. So last night we had a terrific meeting as so we brought some neighbors in as we had members of the Disability Commission who also came in for the meeting to give some feedback on the early plannings for the Gillette project. I said it is an exciting project because it's one of the first capital projects we've done in a park here in a few years. And it's something that it's my first project that I'm able to do here in Methuen. So to be able to kind of get community feedback on it is very important to me as I do any type of capital project. We were lucky enough to get this funded through the capital improvement plan, I said, which got approved by the council and the mayor this past year. And we've really kind of tried to hit the ground running, I said, in the efforts of trying to complete this project so we can kind of move on to the next one. And, but I think that as we continue to plan for this park, I said, we really want to make sure that we get the community feedback. So we are actually building what people want. I said we are limited within the structure of what we have in the confines and budget, but we do want to get the feedback from everybody to be able to kind of have a say in what's going on. And that goes with programs, that goes with any type of capital improvement we have on the recreational side. I have an open door policy of everything that I do here in the city where I'd like to get people's feedback, whether it's positive or negative. I think that it's very important, I said, to be working as a community towards moving forward. All right. So I think, um, I think Methuen Community Studios has the slide of the, you know, of what the project, like what the presentation is. So maybe we can pull that up and you can kind of go over some of that. Absolutely. So this is a very early sketch of the basically generalized layout of what we might be looking to do down there at Gilev. I said, because as of right now, the playground structure and the spray pad would remain intact in the way that they are right now. I said, we would actually be building our first full outdoor basketball court. It would be one, one of the major projects. I said, no, no, when I first started here in Methuen, that was a big push from the residents here to build an outdoor court. This would be a full outdoor court. as a brand new surfacing, brand new paint. As it would really be a nice top of the line outdoor court. Yeah, I know from, that's in my neighborhood, and you know it's been hit or miss over the last decade plus. So, you know, half the time there's a basketball hoop missing. Yep. So it's great to see that we're going to make those improvements no. to that court. One of the few we have. But and as we talk about the basketball court, I think that the biggest addition to this park is the increase in accessibility, and we will be actually making an accessible path straight from Gill Ave right down to what we call the spine of the park. As you'll see, it's a line that's going across that connects basically all the elements of the recreational side, whether it be the fields, the spray pad, the playground, or the parking lot. Is it, that will be an ADA accessible path. That will allow for anyone. It will be a barrier-free park for a lot of people to utilize the elements there. I said the real big addition, as a lot of people see on this chart, I said, is the proposed dog park that we're going to be adding to the area right now. I wish I had some visuals. I said I will be putting up the presentation that we did last night on the Bethune Rec website so people can take a look so they can kind of get a visual of the areas 
in 3D form as of what they might look like. That area right now isn't underutilized. It's, it's basically behind what it, an old backstop of what used to be an old baseball field over there, which is based, unused space. We would be able to repurpose that and really try to add an element in the city that we haven't had and people have been looking for for a long time. Right. I know when we met a while ago, you mentioned phases, and then there's, another, there's a second phase that you're hoping at some point to connect Gill Ave to the rail trail. Correct. And, I, and that map is a little bit confusing because it does kind of combine some of the phase one and phase two. So phase one is really the increase of accessibility for the pathway. is the addition to the basketball court, I said, and the addition of the dog park. I said phase two would basically be an encircling path which would surround the five-acre park. And it would also have an ADA-compliant connection to the rail trail. And I think that's something that we'll need additional funding. We are a little limited as of right now of what we can do within the budget that we have. But just because we're not doing it now doesn't mean it's not going to get done long term. And when we started this planning, what we really did is we went through the open space and rec plan, which really kind of dictated what we wanted to do. We had three high priorities listed there in the action plans that we wanted to do. One was build the dog park. One was increase accessibility. And the other one was to basically redo fields and get more green space. As part of this plan, we would be regrading that field over there. It would be more usable as it would be taking out the existing, what used to be baseball field, and making it a flat green space so youth lacrosse could use it, youth soccer could use it. Any group that might want to utilize it for a practice space, unfortunately, within the footprint that we have there now, I said there isn't enough room for an actual regulation-sized field, but it's great for practice. It will be a nice, safe I said, level and hopefully, as we, in terms of funding, as we can find some ways to irrigate it if possible to make sure that we can maintain it. But it will give another added space because anyone who is involved with youth sports here in the city knows that we are always limited for space and we're always kind of looking for additional ways to get our kids out and active. Right. And I know there are a little bit of, you're kind of under some constraints down there as well. There are wetlands. So when that picture was up there, you'll see that, that blue border, then that dark green is all wetlands. So it's not like... You can expand anything. You've got to be very careful when you redevelop all of this stuff. You have to go through conservation and all that stuff, correct? Correct. And it's tough to see on the screen over here, but you can almost see it, as in the printouts that we have here, that the buffer zone for the wetlands actually goes almost halfway into the field itself. It's the dotted red line. So anytime you go into those buffer zones, you do need to go and find a conservation, as in for approval, and to make sure that we're not disturbing any of the wildlife or any of the wetlands in that area. That's going to be part of this process. It is a long process. That's why we want to tie the community in very early on with this conversation. As we continue to move along, we want to make sure that everyone's on board. We want to make sure that we do have champions in the neighborhood and champions in the community who are backing this project and really want to make sure that it comes to fruition because it's going to be a great park. I think that that park has been underutilized and underserved for a little bit. And I think that especially I grew up down the street. I grew up on Arnold Street here in Methuen. That was my neighborhood park growing up. So I really I said it's near and dear to my heart to kind of bring that up. I played a lot of pickup baseball down there, playground and to be able to you do this project is, in, is something that's very exciting for me. Yeah, you know, I, I moved, I'm, I was two streets down from you. I'm right on Clausen Court, so that's where we would always take our kids. We'd walk down the street, and we'd go there, and they'd ride around the basketball court and all that. And I feel underutilized, ignored might be another word I would use as well. There was a scare. It's a little, little more blunt. <laughs> yeah, there was, you know, six years ago, well, five or six years ago, there was a rumor of a shooting. You know, somebody found a casing, then it turned into a shooting, and then that, field was pretty much abandoned by all the youth groups so it's great to see us going to we're going to invest in that so the quins are watching hi ed hope all is well so teresa with the perfect segue here asked how are the renovation ideas going for forest lake this summer 
the nice lake and park area. So now on our last meeting, we approved $50,000 grant towards playground equipment. I know that's just the beginning. So maybe you can answer Teresa's question and give us an update of what you're thinking to do out there. Oh, hello, Teresa. I said, thanks for the question. I said, I see Teresa down the forest like Man, I'm, my head is shiny. <laughs> they don't like you. So Teresa, I said, I would say, lucky we were very fortunate. I said the council did approve. I said the fifty thousand dollar grant that was earmarked from the state. I said thank you to Linda Dean Campbell's office for helping to make that available to the city in Methuen. So right now, I said we have had conversations with a lot of different playground, I said manufacturers on what we can do down there. As we all know, some of the equipment down there is dated. I said it really should be replaced. it and trying to find ways to utilize that fifty thousand dollars effectively to replace that while also making sure that the facility itself is ADA compliant. That is my number one goal for every renovation that we do here at any recreational facility, whether it be a field or a playground, is accessibility should be the number one factor. And making sure that we do that safely, but also still give an element of fun for the kids who want to utilize it. So we are in the process of trying to figure that out, is exactly how to make that $50,000 work down there. A lot of people don't understand, I said, the cost of the equipment right now is skyrocketing, just like everything else in the world. And the turnaround times to get things done has also really kind of elongated a little bit. But we are in the process of working. We have had a lot of meetings about it. I've really I've met with vendors down there. That we've done measurements. I do have some sketches that we're trying to figure out how to work out financially. And hopefully, as we have that really kind of dug up, I said and by this summer, I said I would like to have that project completed if we can. All right, real quick, we'll go back. Ed Quinn was asking about the full courts, and um, Ed, you just turned in a little late. Steve was mentioning the renovations at Gillav Park, and that that is going to have a full court. Full, full basketball court there. So, Steve, are there, uh, before we go back to Forest Lake, are there any discussions about courts in any other facilities at this point, or is that just the one that's on the books right now? That's the one in the books right now. I would like to see how that one goes. I, said, I know that there was some I said, deciding factors on why they took some of the hoops down at one, at one point in time. I, said, I want to bring those full courts back because I think we need to have that as a resource for the youth here and for the adults. I said it's a recreational source that, People of a lot of different ages can utilize, and if it's a neighborhood park, I want to bring activity to all the parks. I think that all that activity just brings a lot of new life into the neighborhood, and to be able to do that. And no, we're not going to rule out the possibility of building other courts, other places, but we're going to do it one at a time. I said we have a lot of projects here in the city that we really do need to tackle, and we're going to tackle them one by one. And yeah. I know I've had a lot of people bring up, oh, why'd you pick Gill Ave? Just because we're doing Gill Ave doesn't mean we're not working behind the scenes on other projects. So I've been working with some different grants for Riverside. I've been working on a few different projects for some other parks that sit here within the city. And it's a long-term plan. It's not everything's going to be done overnight, unfortunately. And I'd ask just people to have some patience. I said, to know that we are working behind the scenes to try to find extra sources. We are lucky enough in the capital improvement plan that they, they said we were able to take $250,000. I'm hoping that that gets approved again in this next budget cycle. I said, and we can cyclically do that. But we're also going to be looking at so the park grant should be opening up through the state, which should be eligible for over $400,000 for recreational projects. Hopefully that opens up in March. We'll definitely be applying for something for that. And there's a lot of different um, other grants through the state that at smaller amounts that we'll be trying to utilize as to try to do some of these enhancements. Yeah, you mentioned Gil Ave, you know, why Gil Ave, but it just, it's one of the few spaces that we have in Methuen that should, that should be available that wasn't. So I feel like, you know, instead of going out and acquiring another, you know, another plot of land and figuring out how to build a park, let's fix the ones we have. And, you know, just because we did Gilav, but before that, we did, the track was redone. So, you know, just about when you were about to come on, you know, the track was redone. So I feel like 
the city's moving in a positive direction, but there's still a long way to go. So if we can go back to Forest Lake a little bit, mm-hmm. you, you know, you mentioned the playground. I think, you know, you and I have had conversations about the bathrooms. So what are some of the other things, you know, if you've got your, you know, your wish list, you know, what are the things you, like, if you could, the first thing you would target and then kind of work your way from there. So are we talking just Forest Lake? Forest Lake. Okay. Because I think, you know, that's always called the hidden gem and we, you know, it's deteriorated and this and that, and people want to see that come back to life. So besides the playground, what are your... So I will say that Forest Lake was one of the top priorities on my wish list through Opera, which unfortunately got denied. So I'm sure we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get to little, that on we'll, that. we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it was something that I, I had earmarked as a priority here in the city because it is such a beautiful resource. The facilities are the exact same ones that I utilize, and I think my parents might have utilized. I sit down there, and... I really think that we said there's a lot to it. I said we're going to need to new, use new bathrooms. Accessibility is a big issue down there as well in terms of pathways and making it accessible for people to utilize throughout the community. So to be able to bring some more active recreational activities down there. I know there's been talks about bringing kayak rentals down. There's been talks about paddle boards. I said, and trying to incorporate kind of a younger feel. I said we're, right now it's great. I, said, I love Forest Lake. I started to spend a lot of time down there during the summer. It's one of the perks of the job that I can <laughs> hang out there during the day. But I, said, I would like to bring in some different atmospheres so it's not just the beach and the grills and I said, people hang out as much as it's great. I would love to utilize that as a resource. Not many cities and towns around here have a resource like that. I said, I would like to expand the beach. I think that the beach right now is a little small for what we could have. I said, I would love to expand that a little bit. And then as the beach gets bigger, I think we bring more people in. I said, we do have that shelter down there, I said, which was built as a, for basically, um, I want to say like rain storage and not really quite sure exactly what it was anymore. I, said, I remember it was built a long time ago. But I try to utilize that space. I know there's been a lot of talk of possibly adding a concession stand down there. And, and all that stuff comes with funding. And that's when we're really hustling from a recreational side to find ways to fund those things. I'm not expecting it to always come out of the general budget and come out of the council. I said, from my seat and from the Parks and Rec Division as a DPW, we're hustling right now to find those state grants, those federal grants, those, all that money I said that's out there for us to capitalize on. We're trying to find those so we can make all these projects come to fruition. But for me, priority-wise, I, I would love to expand the beach down there. I would love to get more active recreational opportunities for people. I would love to. Those bathrooms need to get updated. I'll be, that's yeah. absolutely the, I'm not going to say the number one priority, but it needs to get done. And really just make it a modernized area of what it is. I think it's a really nice spot right I don't think you need to make any major changes to make it great because I think it's great already, but we can spruce it up just a little bit. I, oh, I, I, I agree. Um, Jamie Gray, Crane, you know, mentioned he's like he's lived in Methuen for thirty years. Last summer was the first time he found it, and Jamie, yeah, I think you got to make it a, a yearly staple. The wife and I bought kayaks, so we got a paddle board, so we've been starting to go out there, and which in a kayak is, and that's a great segue of, too. Is as much as when Forest Lake might not be open for the beach, the boat ramp is open. So yeah. if you want to go at 8 o'clock in the morning out in a kayak or you can bring your own non-motorized water vehicle over there, yeah. you're more than welcome to use it. I said, that's a state I said, boat ramp that they had put in. I said, that is open. I said, even passes. So if we close down at the end of August, because a lot of our workers go back to school and, they go, and we're not able to keep the beach open, it doesn't mean the boat ramp's not open. I said, so you can utilize that, the uh, Forest Lake for all those different active recreational areas until basically it freezes over. Exactly. And then it, when, even when it freezes over, you get people out there ice fishing and, yep. and doing all sorts of other stuff. So a couple of questions came in. Dave Cooper asked about vets, if there was talk of 
turfing that. I feel it. I I'm gonna take a stab and say I think that kind of died on arrival. There was a you know a couple of people who mentioned it, but I don't think it got much further than the all right. This is gonna cost a couple million dollars, and then after that, it kind of went away. But I don't, what are your thoughts on that? I said as of right now, there's no conversation through my office. I said to turf the vets. I said I know there's been conversations when I first started here with the mayor's office, and that had come up as a topic of conversation. But there's no been no real. Leeway said to actually push that project forward. Yeah. I said, I will tell you, once again, going back to the opera projects, I'll probably go through all the ones that I wished for. I said that to God tonight. But I, said, I really have put together almost half a million dollars for new fencing down at Vets. I said to really try to spruce up that facility as well. I think that that's something from a safety standpoint from that we really need to address. It. I said, I think we've been very lucky. I said from all of our youth organizations do a ton of work, I said, through our city parks, I said, and really kind of give back their time and volunteer their efforts and their manpower to try to keep up with stuff. And I said, from the city side, I would really like to try to find ways to try to help them out as well to make sure that we're giving our kids the facilities that they really deserve to play in. Yeah, I know kind of on the vets and all of our parks, I've had conversations with Pat Bauer and then um, Dan Tully as well about really trying to upgrade all the lights at all our fields. You know, let's go to LEDs. You know, if anyone who lives near Burnham Road, you can hear that hum all the time. And if you're ever at the stadium... When the lights come on, it takes like 10 or 15 minutes for them to warm up. So I think that's a project that a lot of people are looking forward to is modernizing our lights at all our facilities. Um, Craig Nealand you know, asked about the, the outdoor hockey rink at the Vets. Yep. Are there any plans on renovations or to do, what yep. to do with that? So I actually met with Craig down there. I said, I want to say a few months back to talk about that. That is actually an ongoing conversation. I said, Craig actually made a great connection. I said, which I've parlayed into some behind the scenes conversations. I said, with the Bruins Foundation and a couple of local businesses here in town. I said, and that's a project that I really love. We'd love to see to get done. I said, it's an eyesore down there right now. And especially if I grew up down at Vets Park, I said, it was always like one of the crowd jewels of any field around here. But that's one of the first things you see when you move in. I said, that could be a very nice facility. I said, if we can get some funding. I said, and I know there are those conversations that are still going on. I said, they were actually really starting to make some Gained some real traction in terms of getting that project up and running. And then we got a foot and a half of snow and then three inches of ice dumped on us and we can't get out there to so Now you can skate on it, Craig. You can bring the boys down, you know, on an off night. I know you got, you're heading to Concord tonight to play Minuteman, but, um, you know, that's it. And that's the conversation, too, is how do we make it a year-round facility? Like, if we're going to do it, I want to be able to flood it in the winter so we can have an outdoor rink out there so people can go and skate in the outdoor and really do it well. And there's been a lot of conversations with that to try to make that come to fruition. And I think it's going to happen. The timeline just hasn't been worked out yet of when we're going to do it. But I said we're actually getting the funding in place to make that an actual possibility. I know my wife bugs me all the time about asking me when, you know, when it's going to be done. She, she does roller derby along with my daughter. So they're like, that used to be, you know, she'd love to be able to go down there and skate instead of the rail trail. So that's great. So let's go. You mentioned the opera stuff a couple of times. So I figured now's a good time to bring that up. You presented a good number of projects to the mayor's office to try to get approved to use opera funding, and unfortunately, all of those came back that were denied. So, can you give us a rundown of some of those, you know, some of those projects that that you're looking to do, and then unfortunately, you know, opera monies at at that time wasn't able to be used for them. Yep, and unfortunately, like I told, I forgot my list. I said, hopefully, I can remember off the top of my head, but I said. You had mentioned before the trans, transferring all of our lights over to LED, I think, is a great investment for the city to make. That was something I would hope that would have been funded through OPERA, which unfortunately was denied. But 
that's a return on investment purchase, which I think is well worth for the tires. You'll end up saving between 50 and 60% of your energy costs by switching over. So if you invest in it, long term, you'll make that money back. And then part of that lighting project as well was adding lights to the middle turf field down at the Nicholson Stadium complex. So that way all three fields would be able to have lights. Yep, and we said, when we had the um, contract come in from Moscow, I said, who gave us the pricing for it and gave us a lot of the different um, ideas behind it. I said the project came out to be about like $1.6 million. But I said it was made as an, almost like an a la carte, like this is what this facility costs, this is what this facility costs. So if you want to do them one by one or do them a few at a time, I said if the price tag was a little bit too much, we would have that capability of doing so. I think adding lights to that middle field at Nicholson Stadium yeah. would really transform how that facility is used as a whole. Like we said, where everyone's fighting for field space everywhere, whether it be the high school, the youth organizations, my programs. There's just not enough field space. I said, it's amazing that like, we have all these complexes and it's still not enough. I said, because we're very lucky. I said, we have some thriving youth organizations here in town that are really kind of bursting at the seams of really trying to get out there. And as I continue to evolve my programs, I need to be cognizant of that as well as we're all sharing the space. And, well, lucky enough, I said, Matt Curran over the high school is terrific to work with in terms of working with the youth organizations, my group, and said, his groups, to really try to make it work as a collaborative unit. All right, so there was the lighting. Um, another one of those projects that was denied that I feel that we still want to push forward is, is the tennis courts. Yep. So that project was denied through APA, but I think you and I and Matt Curran and Brandy and the mayor have all chatted about what that would cost. Do you remember like ballpark, what that was going to be? So to do a total renovation for the entire club, which would basically be digging out the current servicing, digging out all the fencing, leveling it off, putting new drainage in to regrade to make sure that everything's draining properly, which is one of the issues right now is if people don't really have a background, so is the courts right now are sinking. And so now everything's off-level. I said we're getting cracks and frost heaves and our... Tennis nets are actually shooting up straight in the air that they might be three, four inches above where they should be. I said our fencing is a foot higher than it's supposed to be because everything else is sinking around. I said to actually do everything to the best of our abilities and really replace it in a standing amount of, okay, this is going to be good for decades, it'd be about $1.4 million. Yeah. I spoke to Bruce Stella, the director of facilities at Methuen Public Schools, and he said the same thing. You could resurface it, but it's like putting lipstick on a pig at that point. You can, It'll get you a couple years, but... That's pretty much just throwing money down the toilet. So that's a project that we would look at that should be done, you know, at some point. Within three years, you'd probably be spending two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 to be redoing it again in two, three years, which in my mind is burning money. And then We don't have the I said we have a lot of needs here in the city to yeah. be able to. I'd much rather try to do stuff correctly, I said, so we don't have to worry about it because we don't have the money to burn, I said, when we have so many different needs on the recreational side that I would like to address. But it's not just tennis courts, right? You'd look to add some pickleball courts one, down there. I know that's your one baby. One million percent. Uh, because that that's your been, baby. That has been one of my number one goals I said, since I've come here to the city is bring pickleball to Methuen. I said, I have a lot of residents here who constantly remind me every single day when I see them at the grocery store. I like, hey, Steve, when are we getting pickleball? I'm trying. <laughs> and I said, that would be part of that project. I said, we have some other ideas and that goes back to the outdoor rink at Milk Street, and that would be lined for pickleball as well, and try to give a few different avenues, I said, for that to be utilized. And what's good, try to really think creatively and outside the box of how to make some of these facilities multidimensional. Just because it's a tennis court doesn't mean it's a tennis court. That's been talks about possibly putting basketball hoops in there or just different things that might be able to be utilized for 
field hockey or just different aspects with where we could really make these facilities so it's not just a one sport dependent. Yeah. And I said, the outdoor rink, I said, that would definitely have a couple of lines for pickleball. So if people want to bring their nets and set it up for just recreational yeah. purposes, they can. People want to play hockey down there, they can. They want to play street hockey, floor hockey, whatever. And, but yeah. I said, that's a project I think that the high school project is something that, especially with this opera money, is something that we might never get an opportunity to do again because of the high price range of it. And I was, I think that I know from the mayor's office and from Matt Carney said it's a, almost a passion project for them as well. Like they really want to make sure that we do that correctly, I said, and make it, once again, accessible and really open to the community because people who might not go down there, those courts get used all the time. Yeah. So there are people on those from 6 o'clock in the morning till after dark. Yeah. And to be able to possibly put some lighting down there and try to make that so we can utilize it at night, I think it would be a huge win for the community. Exactly. So, yeah, Ed, Ed Quinn was at, you know, says they're owned by the city, and they are. But, you know, being on school property, you know, the custodians and the facility staff at the high school help with maintenance down there as well. So, and just another person to, you know, pick their brain was Bruce. Yep. And I, I think we all agreed with him saying that, you know, just resurfacing wasn't, you know, wasn't going to really do anything at that point. So we keep mentioning the opera money. And so just so people know, you know, the city got $46.2 million from the state and federal government and can be used on certain projects. So infrastructure, water and sewer, um, and projects like that. So when Steve put his list together, sent it off to Melanson and Son, who's our, kind of like our auditor at this yeah. point, who kind of checks everything to make sure we're using it properly, came back and said, no, you can't use opera money for this. But then rules kind of changed a little bit, and there's a category called revenue loss. So there's a calculation you had to do, and we, you can take some of that $46 million and put it into the revenue loss and then use that for any government service that you normally would, minus debt service or anything like that. So there's $19 million that's out there that's available to do projects like parks, basketball courts, DPW, another, you know, another big thing the city needs, and we all agree is a new DPW facility, but $19 million isn't going to even get close to that. So using some of that money, hopefully, to get that project off the ground. So there is money out there, but now how do you get your most bang for your buck? Right? You know, so you know, do, you, do you do a bunch of small projects? Do you do one big project? Because you know, we're not going to see another $20 million come into the city's coffers and say, here, do, do as you wish. You know, there's going to be some roads we're going to want to do with that. There's going to, you know, everybody, there's, there's tons of projects out there. Every department head, so from Chief McNamara to Chief Sheehy, you know, I'm sure he's going to hit us up for another fire truck or an ambulance at any time soon. He's, and then, um, you know, the school department's asking about a new building, um, DPW, obviously. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how we're going to go. We had a meeting, was it last week, I believe? Was the we met with Melanson and Heath to discuss the list, and then the mayor had a meeting with department heads, I believe, last week or, or earlier this week to decide. All right, which now to hit you guys sent in your list, some got denied, some got approved. I right, kind of update your list from there, and then that's going to come back to council probably pretty soon to decide. So, you mentioned the vets, the fencing, we mentioned the tennis courts, the light project. There was an acquisition of Hampshire Road, correct? Like the, trying to look at possibly buying that field? Correct. I said, so that was a project that I said. I know that the Hampshire Road was rented out and to Methuen Youth Soccer Firm 
several, several years. I said, I know that Methuen Youth Soccer really took care of that as like their home complex for forever. I didn't want to say it might have been 20 years as they were utilizing that facility. I said, it's actually currently owned by the church who is stationed over there, and that's their field. I said, this is their property. And I believe in 2018, they decided not to renew the lease with Methuen Youth Soccer, who I think had just put in well over $100,000 into maintenance down there. I said, to kind of really spruce it up and then if you go up there now, it's just overgrown. Under, it's not being used at all. And I would love to bring that back. Once I've mentioned it probably nine times. I said already that we just need more field space. We need more time on the fields for everybody, especially as we continue to evolve our programs and our youth groups continue to evolve. I think that we need to start to think outside the box of how we can address those needs. And being able to purchase that land and develop it would carry a very big price tag. I said it's going to need a lot of work over there. But there aren't a whole lot of green areas that we can keep green while also addressing a need that we have here on the recreational side. All right. So instead of, well, let's segue away from the projects that we dream and hope to, to um, get going at some point. Let's go to some of the projects you got coming up. So you have, so February breaks in a week and a half and you have a bunch of activities, you know, planned. So if MCS, can, yeah, there's the slide there. Good. So maybe if you can go over some of the projects you've, you know, some of the, Stuff you got going on over the break. Sure. And as part of the, the mayor's COVID chat, I said the not so good is February break's coming up. I think February break is great because I said, we have a lot of great stuff that we're going to be running. I said, and trying to keep the kids having fun throughout yeah, the break. Yeah. Itself. A, a wife, having a wife who's a teacher, February break is needed in my house. Yeah. You know, they are, you know, they, teachers, the kids, they need a break. So yeah. I, I, said, and I want to give them that outlet to have fun while they're on break too. I don't want them just sitting around the house on their video games and I said, doing. It's kind of lonely around. I said this is a great opportunity for people to kind of get together and have some fun in a structured but non-structured environment. And I said during February break, I said we'll have our basketball clinic over at the Marsh. I said that's going to run the Tuesday to Friday. I said 9 to 12. I said for kids. I said we'll also have public skating three days during I said, February break. I said they'll be on that Monday. I said from 12 to 1.30. Thursday from 1 to 2.30. And then Friday from 12 to 1.30. So they do have skate rentals available. I do encourage everyone to sign up for skate rentals in advance because we only have a limited amount available. We will take registrations right there at the rink, but we can't guarantee any skate rentals unless they're reserved in advance just because we only have so many sizes to go around, and I don't want to promise someone something and then not be able to deliver on when they come. So We'll also be starting our Skate and Read Hockey League. I said Jay Atkinson, who is a terrific resource here in the city, is an awesome guy, and he's been running this now for his 20th year and then so he took a year off last year because of COVID, and this year he's back and he wants to make it bigger and ever. So it's a collaboration with the Nevins Memorial Library to make sure that kids are reading a minimum of four books as it, while they're going through the skating lead. It's extremely affordable, especially for people who might not have hockey experience who want to learn the sport of hockey, might want to get out there. Kids who have hockey experience who want a more recreational, fun type of atmosphere, this is a great way to get out there. I mean, it's over 20 hours of Hockey time for less than $200, which if anyone is part of the hockey world knows that that is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I, said, I said, and Jay does a great job in trying to get sponsors to try to help to fund that to keep the cost low. One of my favorite programs is our Sports Zone 101 program, I said that, which we'll be running that Tuesday through Friday as well during February break. I describe that as basically six hours of recess. Kids will play dodgeball, they'll play kickball. They're just active running around. But there's also an educational background to it where – they talk about statistics in sports, and they do trivia, and they have kind of tie in that educational base around sports as well. So it's not just all activeness. I said there is some time to actually have some learning. 
And then we also have Endor Rivals, which is, is awesome as well. Because we bring in all the Nerf, I said it's basically we bring in an inflatable obstacle course, a bunch of different Nerf objects, and the kids can just run around and have a ton of fun, I said, for a few hours each So day. why is that only kids? Listen, I... Because I don't know if I trust you with the Nerf gun. Listen, I think you could get the whole council in there with Nerf guns, and I think that I think the nine of us would just let loose. I, like, oh, Council, I will let you know, I said I am signing to be in the beginning stages of planning a dodgeball tournament for adults. So I said, oh. I will be, you'll be my first phone call. I said, when you finalize oh, oh, those details. Oh, we are in. We are in. If you can dodge a wrench, you can, you can dodge a ball. But, you know, so in all seriousness, now, this, this, this is great. Do you have plans going forward to start, you know, you mentioned dodgeball. Any other activities geared towards adults? Instead of instead of the school age kids, so I won't belabor pickleball because that's definitely coming. I said I have all the nets, I have all the, the equipment table. that is available, and I have been in conversation about trying to start a co-ed softball league. I said we're trying to finalize our spring and summer calendars right now for our softball fields here in the city, and I would like to start to bring in some co-ed adult leagues. I think that that is an area that we are missing the mark a little bit in terms of activeness. I, said, I know a lot of other communities, especially when COVID hit kind of canceled all those adult programs and kind of canceled some of those outlets for people to have. I know I would play co-ed softball if it was available. I know a lot of people who I'm friends with would also play, and I think it would be a huge hit. It's just a matter of finding the field space. And yeah. Unfortunately, I said I prioritize the youth over the adults. I said to youth sports is in terms of scheduling. I said that's kind of how we've always done it in the city. And But if there's an open spot, I would love to do it, and I would love to continue to expand. I said in doing different uh, – in t- talking about – Hockey and talking about just different avenues and really using some of the resources that we have here in the city. Yeah, I said, we're continuing to build. It's not an overnight process as well. as There will be some stuff that we try to do that yeah. might not take off, and there might be stuff that will take off right out of the gates. And it's going to continue to take us some time. I said, we're trying to evolve at a very rapid pace right now compared to where we've been. Yeah. And I said, I'm really just trying to grow. As... Yeah, I, you know, I used to drive down the Waltham to go play, you know, beer league softball. You know, those leagues are great. You know, you get a, you know, I also, you know, Boston Ski and Sports Club type stuff. You get a co-ed team. You get, usually get sponsored by a local bar. You know, you play a game. You know, one, you know, it's one or two games scheduled night. You go back to that facility afterwards. You know, it's it's just a great community experience. So, you know. if it's rec sponsored, I can promise you it will not be a beer league. But oh, well, if the, well, it depends who the sponsor is. So if <laughs> if my team's happen to sponsored by you know Bada Bing, you know, there's no, you know, we won't, we'll go in back there. After more I reason to go that, visit John over at Butterbank. Yeah, I'll be right after, after every game, get a couple of, um, you know, white buffalo chicken pizzas waiting for us after each game. That'd be great. Um, anything softball he's in, Jamie Crane says. But, um, you know, we come, you know, you come back to the hockey rink. If that's down, all down there, now you could, you know, now you could do a, you know, you got co-ed floor hockey leagues, yep. you know, for adults and all of that stuff, you know, volleyball. Whatever, but no, it's great that that's on the on the radar for you to start looking at, you know, bringing stuff in for us because I know there's there's a there's a want out there for people don't want to have to continue to drive down to Greater Boston in that area to go do those types of activities. So it'd be great if we could bring those home. All right, so you also have um, flag football starting here in the spring. So you want to give it um, give us some info about sure. that. So we've always run flag football in the fall, which we will continue. I said, Mike Faye does a terrific job for us. He's been doing it for a very long time. I said, I was approached when I first came here by Austin Bradshaw. I said, who's a resident here in the city? I said, runs a terrific program with New England Flag Football League. And they actually ran a tournament down at Nicholson Stadium. I said, this past 
Was it fall? I believe so. I'm losing track of time now. But I said, it was an unbelievable event. If you were there, I said it was just a buzz. And because we'd had conversations about trying to expand some flag football here, and the opportunity kind of came up. And as, as we continue to expand programs, I thought we did great to kind of collaborate on possibly offering something in the spring to allow for some of the kids who may play pop wanted to play flag football as well, or some kids who play spring sports, who, or kids who play fall sports who might not play spring sports, to have an outlet. And just to try to bring in a different element to the recreational I said, opportunities that we have here for kids. And the great thing about the flag football league, I said they were running here compared to maybe some of the stuff with ball, it expands towards kids that are a little bit older. I said, yeah. That's a generational gap that we have right now in program here in the city where once you get to about fifth or sixth grade, there's not a whole lot of stuff outside of organized sports or organized opportunities that is available for kids. I said, I think that this is a great recreational opportunity for kids who might be in their younger teens to be able to yeah. utilize. And so this is more of a travel league as compared to the fall, which is more of like an in-town. That's how I kind of explain Correct. it to yep. people. So the fall flag football is an in-town where this is a little more, little more higher, like another step or two up on the ladder. You're playing other communities. So I think, that, right, that's the little bit a, In this league, so you won't necessarily be playing other community, but you might be other community members might be coming in to play in this league. Right. So you might be playing with kids from Havel or from Draken or from surrounding areas who might be coming in to Methuen to play. Right. Whereas in the fall, the Methuen Flag Football League is really 99% flag football. Right. That's Methuen, geez. Right. So um, just going through the comments real quick. So Ed Quinn, yeah, that was a great thing last night. So Methuen High School... The girls played in Drake it, and it was a fundraiser for the Middle Miss Foundation, and they raised about $2,600 going back to that. So great job, you know, great job to, both, um, to Ryan Middle Miss and, you know, that foundation to keep that, you know, money going. And then there was a boys game last night, too, that will be shown on MCTV. Sorry, Methuen Community Studios. That um, was a phenomenal game. Methuen beat Drake it last night. Um, up and down game, really, you know, just – the boys' basketball team right now is flying. They're 11 and 4. And if they, if they can beat Haverhill, it looks like they'll be able to clinch the MVC title. So, sorry for the segue there. Um, so, one more, one more thing you've got going on is soccer shots with Methuen Rec. This was, you know, previously by Methuen Youth Soccer, Correct. right? Was yep. doing that. Yep. So, I said we had a conversation with Methuen Youth Soccer in terms of the operations of kind of how we lay out facilities and how we lay out programs. And we thought, like, okay, maybe. But the one rec would take on this responsibility for kind of providing the younger kids some programming up until the age of, I think it's about four and a half that we have it up to now. I said, so it doesn't cross over with what they have being offered right now through Methuen Youth Soccer. I said, it's supposed to be essentially a feeder program into them. It gives a kid a great opportunity to be able to experience the sport of soccer, I said, improve their motor skills, and really just try to get them acclimated to team sports and what it's like to kind of be around other people. And so when they're going into H5, H6, as in, it's not just a total culture shock of, like, what is organized sports? They've been there. Like, they're used to going to soccer on Sunday mornings. And as in, we're going to be doing out behind the um, stadium in the backfield over there. So they'll be able to see kind of the big kids. As I know lacrosse is down there during the Sunday mornings. But to kind of see, like, what they're going to evolve with. Like, oh, that's cool. As I can't wait to grow up to be down there with those kids and to really basically develop. And for toddlers, I said, we're going to have a bunch of other programs coming up as well as I keep mentioning that we're going to continue to expand. This is kind of one of those first evolutions towards that through the rec department. I know that there's a lot of demand right out there for programs for kids one through four. So as we continue to build, I said our core and any core for any recreational department, you'll find 
throughout the state and probably throughout the country is your core is about five to 12. I said that's a lot of your core program is built around that. But it doesn't mean we can't do stuff for adults. It doesn't mean we can't do stuff for teens. It doesn't mean we're not going to do stuff for the toddler age. And I said, we're building. And it might take us another year to get to a level that I'm really happy with in terms of, wow, we're really like doing everything. I said, but we're doing it piece by piece. I said, and we want to make sure we do it right because we want to make sure we're putting quality programs out. I said, I'm not just going to do something to do it. I want to make sure it's something that's rewarding for the kids who participate in the program. And then one of your bigger programs, we didn't mention it tonight, is T-ball, yep. right? So any, we're now in February. I know all the spring sports, travel sports, you know, baseball, softball, lacrosse, and soccer have all had sign-ups open or have already stopped some of them. Um, what's going on with T-ball for the spring? Yep. So I've probably gotten about 15 phone calls this week about T-ball, so I'm assuming that registration probably opened up this week every single year since before I came. Okay. I said we are in the process of finalizing all those details right now. The, those registrations will open up either next week or during the February school vacation week. I said we're working with a couple of different community partners and maybe changing how that layout of what T-ball is here in Methuen. We're trying to think outside the box a little bit in terms of our programming, and we're not just going to do things the way they always were done. But it doesn't mean that those ways were bad. Like, and I just want to look at just different ways of possibly offering some of the great programs that have been here for years, just maybe a different way, and really try to build off of the great foundation. I said Bill Perry left a great foundation for me here. I said I thank him every day for some of the stuff that he does. He spent a lot of time, I said, developing some really top-notch programs. I said that I'm continuing to try to really kind of make my own a little bit as well without changing kind of the great aspects that he brought in. All right. So, yeah. Yeah, Jamie Gaines, he's saying he didn't think there's been an adult softball league since the senior Waldy on Sundays. Yeah. And I think when that was around, I probably wasn't eligible no. to play in it, I'm <laughs> guessing. So, but no, it's, it's great to hear your vision of the, of the department, what you're doing now and what you're looking to do in the future when it comes to just activities or our facilities or anything like that. So, you know, thank you for everything that you're doing right now. And I know it's not easy. I know you got guys like me pestering you all the time when it comes to, you know, schedules and what's available and what projects are we going to do. Yep. So, no, but I welcome those conversations as well, man. That comes from everyone in the community. I, I really advocate and I ask for everyone if you have ideas for programs or you have input for facilities or you kind of have some wants of what you would love to see come from Bethune as a whole. It doesn't necessarily have to be a recreational program. It could be a park. It could be hey, why don't we do a skate park? Or anything that you might have a passion for, let's have those conversations because there is grant money out there for a lot of different projects. And if I know there's a want and there are champions behind that project to show that there is a need for it, we can find a way to make it happen. I can't promise it's going to be tomorrow, but we can find a way. And having those conversations is always that first step. So I always ask people just to reach out to Methuen Parks and Rec and you can either email me at sangelo.ci.methuen.ma.us. It's a tongue twist or something. But <laughs> Or you actually call the office and I'm always pretty much around. If not, you can leave a message. I always try to make it a point to get back to everyone as soon as possible. But to continue those conversations is the only way we're going to continue to grow and evolve. And I'm always happy to have those. That's awesome. Good to hear. Thank you, Steve. So, Will, kind of, anything you want to add before we move on to the – Last couple of COVID things about tests and all that stuff. No, you're good. I'm good. <laughs> you can breathe now, buddy. So um, talk really fast. It catches up to me sometimes. It's all good, man. So um, just a couple more. You know, we got a couple of COVID things we want to, you know, pass along the info. Um, so MCS has the slides about how to get the. Home here we go. They are so good. 
So there's a couple ways that you can get tests. If you haven't done so already, there's a link right there um, that you can type that in or a phone number you can call, and the federal government through a third party will ship you four free tests. Um, I ordered mine. It probably took about two weeks to get from the time you ordered to, the, to your house. So, you know, they're going to give them to you for free. It's going to take a little while, but you, you'll get them soon. So I highly recommend, you know, going – you know, calling that number, going to that website. I think this info is also on the city website as well on how you can order those tests. So that's one way to get them. And then also, Methuen has our own tests. We were able to secure 8,000 kits with two tests per kit. Um, and we're going to be giving those out. You can see the dates. We did them yesterday and today at the Loop. And then tomorrow is going to be the last day for now. Um, so between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. at the Loop next to Olympia Sports, the Old Avenue, it's in the corner. It's where we did all the COVID vaccinations, and that's where early voting was during the presidential election. So you can go there. Somebody earlier commented, thought there'd be a line, really no line there. And what the city's going to do is, you know, you're going to prove that you live in Methuen, a driver's license, registration, I'm guessing some sort of, you know, utility bill, and then they'll give you your kits. Um, at the end of at four o'clock tomorrow, it'll be closed up. Methuen's going to see what they have left for kits, and then they'll determine from there how the next distribution would go. I know the city worked with the disability commission early on in this process to make sure those individuals were getting tests before this was opened up to the public. I know they also worked with um, Linda Sheehan with Elder Services to making sure those individuals are getting their tests as well. So. You know, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that you don't realize are working to make sure that everybody who needs these tests are able to get them. And then yesterday they were at the Arlington neighborhood working with Linda Susie to pass out tests down there as well. So um, one other COVID thing before we wrap it up is I know the governor had his press conference today um, when it came to schools. So Desi oversees schools kindergarten through grade 12. Their mask mandate is scheduled to end on February 28th, and that will not be renewed. So, you know, the first news, everyone hears that, and you're all excited or you're scared, depending on your, you know, your belief on what you feel like, you know, you want to wear a mask or you don't want to wear a mask. The caveat to that little of that, it's lifted, but individual cities and towns can decide to keep the mask mandate in place if they choose. So what I strongly encourage everyone to do is if you feel strongly either way, whether you feel like, it should be a choice, or you feel like mass should continue, reach out to your school committee, reach out to the superintendent, make sure they, your voices are heard that way, because if, you know, going onto Facebook, onto certain pages or social media, and just saying, take the mask off or leave the mask on, that's not going to help the situation. Reach out to the people that are going to represent you at those city council meetings, in the school committee meetings, and make sure that your voice is heard and then they take all that into account when they make that decision. I know um, on the city side, the mask mandate has been lifted. So that means all public buildings, you know, mass are now encouraged, but they're optional. So Not including public schools, though. Right, exactly. So city hall, um, those types of facilities, you know, those facilities that a city run are now mask optional. But the schools right now, they have seven more school days. I know this because I work in a school and they're counting. There's seven more school days till February break. So, and then when they come back, it's February 28th. So hopefully by then we'll have, 
you know, the school committee would have decided what's going to happen so the kids will know when they come back from break, you know, will they have to wear masks? Will they not have to wear masks? Can they choose? And I know they're also starting their at-home giving out tests, I believe, Monday. The school department's going to start doing that. For anyone who opt in, they'll be given at-home tests, and they'll be able to take those. So um, well, so today, you know, Jamie Crane, you know, statewide, um, for, first time under 2,000 new cases daily since November. So, you know, everything's trending in the right direction. And, you know, I think it's, it's been almost two years at this point. March, March of 2020, I remember sitting in a meet, our first care meeting at City Hall, the Committee for Athletic and Recreation Enhancement. You weren't on board yet. We were at City Hall, and as we were leaving the meeting, Rudy Gobert from the Jazz tested positive, and they, put, they stopped the game. And after that, everything just yeah. – it was just a domino effect. Then all of a sudden, you know, the NCAA tournament was canceled within a week, and then everything was shut down by that point. So, yeah, it was um, right around St. Patrick's Day. Yep. And just kind of went crazy. And yeah, it was – that was a Wednesday. Two years later, I said, unfortunately, we're still dealing with it. Yeah. Within that – by that – that was on a Wednesday. By that Friday, school was closed. And little did we know the kids were never going back to school that year. You know, so my son was a senior. So um, that's – you know, I, I'll – you know, that still hurts a little bit. You know, I didn't get to do – Senior night for lacrosse with my son, you know, kind of robbed of that, and I'm still a little bitter. But hopefully this summer, this spring, I'll be able to do that with my daughter, be able to walk on the field with her during senior night, as then my kids have done. So Teresa's mentioned there should have been, you know, a Saturday one. Well, we'll see what's left over. I know that's why we did a nighttime one at, at the Arlington neighborhoods to give working families and individuals an opportunity to get them. But if you know, you can go back, and we talked about that link. So that's the one way you can get them as well. If you can't get to one of these, you know, sign up online and be able to get them shipped to your house. You don't have to worry about waiting in line somewhere yeah. or getting a, a way to get them. I know. Um, and you said just like after this week as well, I said the Seagull group, if there's some left over, it doesn't necessarily mean that's not going to be an option. Exactly. I said they're going to look at other ways of possibly distributing them. They think that that's something that's important, that they want to make sure they get them out to people. And yeah. they'll see after tomorrow, I said, exactly how many kids are left. And what the game plan will be yeah. moving forward. And I know this isn't going to be popular, but there's also, Teresa, there's also a financial impact to that as well. You know, so if you have, you know, if you're going to have city employees come in and pass out tests on a Saturday, you know, they're not going to do it out of the goodness of their own hearts. You're going to have to pay people overtime, you know, to come in and do that as well. So you got to, th- you know, I felt that was a big thing. And I think people missed when the whole COVID vaccines were going on, when Methuen was running those. Like, it was the only people that were hired to be there with the nurses like all city staff were leaving city hall their regular jobs to go down there they, to man tables and sign people in and and write down cards and it really you know in essence kind of slowed down city government at that point because everything was thrown behind those vaccination clinics so there's got to be a fine balance right now between making sure the city government runs and then getting these tests of these individuals. And right now, I feel like there is a very good balance to that. Yeah, and it's always been a teamwork environment. I know that Billy Manzi from my office, I said when they first started doing the vaccine clinics, was a mainstay down there. I, I don't know what he doesn't do. At I, said if you, I said if you went down there, I said at any time, I said during the first clinics, I said he was there basically from open to close almost every single day. I said he's a great advocate for everything we do in the city. He's always the first to step up. Tomorrow he will be part of the vaccine, uh, part of the test kit um, distribution over at the Loop. I said he was more than willing to kind of jump in and help out with that to help out the city. Because as a city, I said we're all working together, and it just 
because it's not a recreation department thing doesn't mean it doesn't benefit the community. And I think every, we are actually very lucky that we do have a lot of great department as we have a lot of great employees here in the city who are willing to help each other out, especially in times like this where if you need some extra help, people are going to go the extra mile to try to do that. Yeah, and I think, we, I think the last two years have shown that, whether it's, the co whether it's city government, whether it's individual businesses or just individuals in general who have really stepped up to make Methuen a better place over these last two years during, during everything. You know, you mentioned, you know, I brought him up because, you know, I mentioned like John at the bottom Bing, who's John Vargas, who's been on this show before and is always willing to kind of throw in it, you know, help out wherever needed. And you got, you know, Dom Smiglio from Borelli's and you have all these other businesses around the community who anytime something is needed, they're the first ones to step up and say, what do you need? You know, so, you know, Bobby Sheehan at Sheehan's Towing, you know, I could keep going on and on, but there's so many people in this community that we are lucky to have that are willing to step up in situations like this and, and help out. So, Steve, anything, any last comments before we wrap this bad boy up? No, I said just thank you for having me here. And then, if and once again, I'll just reiterate this, that if anyone has any suggestions or any type of feedback on the Gillav project, I said we'll have that available. I know it's available here at Community Studios if you go to their website as well to kind of overlook that meeting last night yeah. or the slideshow. I said I'd love to get everyone's feedback on that. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the ticker. I definitely didn't pull the mayor's numbers, so I got a feeling he's going to be back next week. You know, I couldn't get out of the teens. It might have been your co-host might have been the issue. Yeah, I don't know, but, you know, you know, I, I didn't spend enough time on COVID, so they all probably tuned out. I, I moved into other stuff. So um, I'm sure Neil will be back. The mayor will be back next week. You're still feeling a little bit under the weather, but, you know, wish him the best. So, Steve, thanks for joining us. MCS, thank you, everybody. All right, let's have a good night.